Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Mission 18 Reloaded is on. And this is Lakers Talk. When I say how important is it that the Lakers win all these or win any of these preseason games, I don't think that important. We're going to have frustrating moments. We're going to have moments where we're quite right there. We may take a step backwards, but in the regular season, the start of the season, there's going to be opportunities for us to learn on the fly. So just get better with that every game. Lakers Talk continues right now. Here's Alan Sliwa. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk, as we always do. Top NBA stories at 8 o'clock right here. Uh, appreciate By the way, if you miss any part of the first hour, you can always go to the ESPN app or on iTunes. Search Lakers Talk, get the full hour. Byron Scott we had on earlier. Appreciate his time. All right, top NBA stories. Let's start off with this. Is it just me, or do the top NBA stories continue to be the exact same NBA stories? And I'm obviously talking about uh, Ben Simmons. I'm talking about Kyrie Irving. And I got a couple other wrinkles I want to get into uh, on part of these NBA stories. Okay, so Doc Rivers said earlier today that he's assuming Ben Simmons will play for the Philadelphia 76ers. But who knows? I will quote that. So this much is known about Ben Simmons. Uh, yesterday reporting that he's back in Philadelphia. Uh, there's no clear sign if he's trying to rescind his trade request. Um, but this is what Doc Rivers said um, earlier today. He says, I don't know. He's voiced that, but we'll see how that works out. He's talking about when uh, Ben Simmons will come back. This could be one of two things. So we know Ben Simmons showed up at the facility. We know he's going through his... Uh, NBA health and safety protocols. He still has to get cleared from that front. Um, The guy could be very well trying to come back to the organization for one thing and one thing only. He's trying to get his money back. Um, Don't forget, he has four years, $147 million left on his max contract. Um, The 76ers, I think there is, they placed an ESCO $8.25 million that's due to him. He obviously has some fines for missing games and practices, so that could be subtracted from that amount. Um, There's still a wait and see on Ben Simmons. I don't know how else to put it, and that's kind of the unique storyline, one of the unique storylines in the NBA. Um, I I will say this, you know, Michael and I spent some time talking about this in the pregame show yesterday. If you're Ben Simmons, and, you know, you're trying to kind of figure out here, can I go back to an organization that you feel like betrayed you? Let's just use that word betrayed. Maybe a hey, Doc Rivers didn't have my back when we were eliminated from the playoffs. Joel Embiid said some things that really hurt my feelings. Can he go back to this organization, put everything to the side and say, okay, let's just stop taking things personal. This is a business. People are going to say things that I don't like. People are going to say things I disagree. People are going to say things that hurt my feelings. Can I put all that to the side, grab my paycheck, um, try to rekindle some of my relationship relationships within the organization? Certainly the organization's trying to do it. And do as best as I can this year and, and also let the organization know, I want to get the hell out of here as soon as it's realistic and it's possible and as soon as you guys get some type of an offer from another team um, that is fair, of fair value, and everybody feels like they win, I move on. You guys move on. 
I don't know how that works. I really don't. Uh, I don't know if um, if if Ben Simmons is not all in. If he's if he's coming to work and he's half ass or you know what doesn't really care what happens, not really paying attention to whether these guys win or lose the game, isn't battling for his teammates the way his teammates may be battling for him. This might be one of those situations where uh, you you really kind of have to question the intention of the player. Now, if you're the Sixers, you're you know you want him back as 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 quickly as possible. He can help you. He is only 24, 25 years old. He is a player that you want to also, if you are going to trade him, show that, hey, look, there's still incredible value in this guy. So um, there's a lot of kind of elements to this. I don't know how it will play out, but when you know I read the quote from uh, Doc Rivers, the head coach, I'm assuming he's going to play, but who knows. I can't get in anyone's head. It still doesn't make me think that you know all is well. Not that I thought all is well with Ben Simmons anyways and the Philadelphia 76ers. But when you reported to camp, you thought, okay, you know what? This guy's coming back, and they're going to figure this thing out. Maybe that's not the case. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to read one other quote here. I want to read from uh, Danny Green. So Danny Green, obviously a former Los Angeles Laker, won an NBA championship with the Lakers. We want him back. We We want him with us. When he's in the building, we'll acclimate him appropriately. We just want everybody to come here, show up, and do their part, do their jobs. Uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to do that for you, and I know that's obviously a critical, important piece of the pie here. We'll have to wait and see if uh, you know this is obviously going to be one of Ben Simmons' um, one of his priorities this upcoming year is to play for the Philadelphia 76ers and give him everything that he's got. All right, let's continue with our top NBA stories. So this one came out yesterday. The Brooklyn Nets say Kyrie Irving won't play practice until eligible under local COVID-19 vaccination mandate. So what could have happened, Sean Marks, who's the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, could have said, okay, you know what, Kyrie's not vaccinated, but there's going to be plenty of games that when we go on the road, Kyrie can be a part of. And oh, by the way, he could be a part of practice as well. Um, You know what, we're going to work around Kyrie and we're going to make this thing happen as best as we can. That's not going to be the case. Um, he was on one of those virtual news com- or um, yeah news conference uh, uh, calls that that they do. Um, I-, I thought it was interesting that he said that they've got no choice. Ultimately, yes, he has a choice to make, and he's made his choice. Again, my job here is to make what we deem as the best decision and best choices for the organization moving ahead as a whole. They're not always ones that are going to be met with open arms and a thumbs up. These are hard decisions, just like I'm sure it wasn't easy for Kyrie to have to make that decision not to be around his teammates. Went on to say, you know, part of uh, the thought process, this was a decision that ultimately him and the owner made. Um, He said the decision came down to what we felt was the right move for the organization at this time. Got to be honest with you. um, And this, you know, people are going to have their take. You can look at this both ways. And this has an incredible effect on the NBA because the Brooklyn Nets are the favorites with Kyrie Irving to win an NBA championship. They're the favorites. They're the team that's supposed to win an NBA championship if Kyrie Irving is there. Lakers number two on that list, by the way, according to Las Vegas. You take Kyrie Irving on that list, it obviously affects the entire scope of things. Milwaukee probably thinks, hey, you know what, maybe we could come out of the East again. Philadelphia saying to themselves, if we can get Ben Simmons back, figure out our situation. Miami certainly thinks they could be in the mix. It opens up some doors in the Eastern Conference and certainly opens up some doors in the Western Conference for any team that gets out of the Western Conference. Hopefully that's going to be the Lakers. If you have to... 
way if you're the owner and the general manager. Can we get Kyrie Irving some of the time, or do we tell Kyrie Irving, nope, if you're not all in, we don't want you kind of picking and choosing when you when you want to play or when you can play or what cities um, are okay with you not being vaccinated. Got to be honest here. I lean towards the uh, decision that Sean Marks and the owner of the Brooklyn Nets made. You're either with us or you're not. And I know people are going to disagree with that. They're going to say, well, you're really reducing your chances of winning an NBA championship. And you know what? If Kyrie can be in half of the games, then just take the half. And oh, by the way, he can practice with the team. Um, take that rather than you know losing him for potentially what could be a, a long extended, extended period of time. And I think the reason why I'm okay with the Brooklyn Nets saying, it's all good. You know what? Uh, you're not all in. You don't want to be a part of the organization. You don't want to get vaccinated. You have your own reasons for it. We respect it, but you got to respect our decision. And, you know, this is obviously the stance the Brooklyn Nets are making. It makes me think that this guy was not planning on coming back anytime soon because if he was, regular season just around the corner, um, I don't think they'd make this drastic of a decision unless they've had these conversations behind the scenes with Kyrie and Kyrie has made it known that ultimately at the end of the day, I don't plan on getting this vaccination anytime soon. So it's either going to be this way or the other way. And obviously the Brooklyn Nets have made their decision. Uh, kind of crazy to think that it's got this far with the Brooklyn Nets. Kind of crazy to think that it's got this far that Kyrie Irving um, you know, has decided. One of the popular names was Andrew Wiggins. Remember Wiggins? Uh, had to kind of make a decision here, pick and choose what he was going to do. He ended up choosing that, you know what, I'm going to get the vaccination. I am going to come back, but that's at least to this point, it's not a decision Kyrie Irving is making. And maybe the money part doesn't mean anything. I think I was reading Kyrie could lose close to $15 million if he was not a part of the organization in games that were not, you know, outside of Brooklyn or whatever the case, or, or he couldn't play in the games that were in Brooklyn. Maybe the money portion of this is, you know, changes things or is not changing things. And the idea of potentially unable to play in 43 regular season games, 41 at Barclays Center, plus two games at Madison Square Garden. Um, maybe Kyrie has decided in his own world that it is what it is. You guys, you guys can either like it or not like it. I'm going to do it my way. And if that's the case, well, the Brooklyn Nets are making their own decision on that. Okay, last NBA story I want to get into. So yesterday was the debut of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in the NBA. Um, for most people, they think that, you know, obviously those are the two that changed the NBA forever. Yesterday in 1979 was the debut of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. So it's kind of funny. I, you know, I, I was born in 1982, so it's not like I really got that Showtime era the way, the way somebody else would. I never really got the Showtime era the way... Um, you know, somebody else can kind of look at it and, and really remember those games the way I remember Laker games back in the 90s. That's when, you know, I, my affiliation of watching the Van Exels, the Cedric Sabalas, the Eddie Jones, the Eldon Campbells, the Vlade Divox, uh, eventually they got to the NBA Finals, but it was kind of after Magic Johnson's era that I really uh, fell in love with basketball. I cannot tell you how many different documentaries I've watched on Magic and Bird. Just freaking love the storylines. Love the storylines of those two individual players. So even somebody that wasn't even born in 1979 
um, that wasn't, you know, my prime years of Lakers basketball was not the Showtime era because I was too young. It's still, you know, one of my favorite eras of basketball. And those two individually, their storylines, how they came into the league, how they face each other in, uh, in, in a national championship game in college basketball, just such a fantastic, fantastic story. And 1979, uh, yesterday was the uh, debut for both of those players. Um, in their debuts, by the way, Magic, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 103-102 win over the San Diego Clippers. Larry Bird in his debut, 14 points, 10 rebounds, and a 114-106 win over the Houston Rockets. Michael Funches getting that information for me right there. Um, all right, that is our top NBA stories. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of these players, specifically Talon Horn, Tucker, and Trevor Ariza, what their injuries mean to this Lakers team in the short term and how the Lakers are going to kind of try to figure out from a lineup perspective what to do with those two guys out. What other guys are going to have to step up? We'll do all that coming up next. Plus, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. He's going to come on at 8.30, so thank you for everybody being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers Talk. Uh, by the way, always uh, promote this. If you ever want to hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, on Instagram, at Alan Sliwa, YouTube as well, Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. So I put a lot of content up there as well. Um, so a little disappointing here. You know, think about the start of the Lakers season. We haven't even got to the regular season yet. And a couple of injuries. I got a couple updates here, actually. Uh, Coach Vogel, a little bit earlier today, updated um, uh, the media on just kind of where the Lakers stand. But let me even go prior to that. Uh, Talon Horn Tucker has that torn ligament in his right thumb. So he'll, um, has already gone through surgery. And the timetable is that probably uh, he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. So let me first go through what the THT missing piece will mean to the Lakers for at least a month. Then I'll go through Trevor Ariza. And then I got some updates on a few other guys that could affect opening night. So let, let's start with Talon Horn Tucker. THT. Um, one of my favorite players on this Lakers team. Why? Because obviously the guy has an incredible amount of potential, uh, only 20 years old. You're, you're rooting for a player that's kind of coming up through the Lakers farm system, if you want to call it. And um, and he's got an incredible amount of talent. So the fact that he's gone for four weeks, I think they'll, they'll be fine. You know, they'll be okay. Here's the reality with the Lakers and the injury situation. If LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook are healthy, uh, they're going to win a lot of games. They got a chance to win an NBA championship. Every other one of these players, you want to see them on the court. But if they're going to miss four weeks or six weeks or two weeks, um, the main players are going to obviously keep this thing afloat. They are going to, that's going to be the difference of um, winning on a night in, night out basis, obviously getting a, a long playoff run and ultimately trying to win championship number 18. So the Talon Horn Tucker piece, him being out for four weeks, I think more than anything else, what it does is it just raises questions on what the rotation is going to look like, raises questions of who's going to get 
some of those THT minutes. And for me personally, you know, I'm a fan of Taylor Horn Tucker, but I've also said this and I'll continue to emphasize it. There's a lot of question marks on Taylor Horn Tucker. I don't know what THT is going to be throughout the season. I don't know because of his inexperience how much that's going to affect his play this upcoming season or affect some of his playing time. So the Taylor Horn Tucker piece, I want to see the guy get a lot of minutes strictly because I want him to get a lot more experience as he you know, obviously embarks in such a young career so far and has already played meaningful games and has already won an NBA championship in his career. But with all that being said, how big of a loss is it to not have THT? I think it's a bigger loss for the mere fact that you want him to get individual reps. I think for the team, they'll be just fine. They'll be fine without Horn Tucker. Plus, uh, if he's reevaluated in four weeks, you know that, okay, by the time we get to De- December 1st, THT could be 100% back in the lineup and contributing for the Lakers. So you don't have to wait that long for Horn Tucker. The other piece of this, you know, uh, unfortunately here, um, is the Trevor Ariza part. And, and the Trevor Ariza, you know, I'll just kind of point this out as well when it comes to the Lakers and some of their injuries. Trevor Ariza, I, I, I have not thought is going to have this huge role for the Lakers um, I think, you know, part of the idea and the contact with Trevor Ariza is, yeah, you get 15, 20 minutes from him on a game-to-game basis. That's fantastic. You want him there. He's a veteran. He's already won a championship with the Lakers. There's nothing that you're going to have to teach him. For those who don't know, by the way, and I'm sure everybody already knows, he had the under uh, underwent uh, a surgery in his ankle, so they thought that was going to be the best course of action, and he's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks. So that just kind of gives you uh, a time frame from that perspective. That was a couple days ago, so you could say less than eight weeks he's going to be reevaluated. Ariza is a player that I think will help the Lakers, will contribute for the Lakers. But again, it's another one of those guys because um, it's not one of the big three. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. Now, again, it might screw up with the rotations. If they had an idea or a concept that they wanted to start Trevor Ariza and maybe they want to go AD at the five, whatever the case was, all that stuff you're going to have to kind of wait on. So for the Lakers, there are you know kind of a couple of these spots, these situations from a roster perspective that you're going to need more time to figure out. And I don't have an answer for it. You know, I, I certainly don't have an answer of how the Lakers are going to juggle those type of things. But the span of four to eight weeks, get a couple of these guys back. I think the Lakers will obviously be okay on that front. And it all essentially comes down to one thing are your main players there okay uh earlier today as well lakers head coach frank vogel said that the lakers are hopeful that malik monk and kendrick nunn will be available for opening night when is opening night it's a few days away it's less than a week away uh lakers golden state warriors cross the street at staples center tuesday night october 19th nationally televised game you're gonna have obviously everybody playing unfortunately for the warriors uh clay thompson probably in a couple months Uh, maybe by the time we get to the new year. But Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn available for opening night. Um, Hopefully, uh, Coach said he's hopeful that they will be available for opening night. Wayne Ellington, on the other hand, had an MRI that revealed a grade one groin strain that has him more in doubt for the start of the season. Okay, one of the questions, I know I hit, hit on this a little bit earlier in the show, one of the questions that I've kind of thrown out there, and this is just part of the part of being a fan part of this is kind of the process that you go through when you know you're always asking what's the starting lineup going to look like who's your closing five that's natural we all do that as fans and for some reason even in the media world we all have a fascination of what the coach is going to do when he ends up uh, starting his team 
I have no idea who's going to start at the number two spot. It's funny, you know, if you missed the show earlier, Byron Scott was on. And if you missed that part, by the way, ESPN app or on iTunes, catch that full interview. Byron Scott was on, and I asked Byron, is, have one of these guys stood out to you uh, who should who should get the starting nod from the shooting guard position? He said, no, as in, no, he does not know who should start for the Lakers at that number two spot because nobody has really come out and wowed you to an extent where you said, yeah, that person 100% has played his way into the starting role. And with some of these injuries, I mentioned the THT piece. Malik Monk um, did not play in the game yesterday, as Kendrick Nunn did it as well. Wayne Ellington did it as well. Kent Bazemore took the start. I think that raises a ton of questions of who's going to start at that shooting guard position. Yesterday was Kent Bazemore. If they go Kent Bazemore, that's probably because AD is going to play the five. So the Lakers kind of figure and have this in mind. Well, if KD is going to, if AD is going to play the five, then we need another defensive player out there. Carmelo started as well. So I, I, I don't have an answer what the Lakers are going to do with the two. And I don't think anybody has sold anybody else that, oh, it's got to be this guy. So that's going to be something that, um, it's just going to be, all right, we'll figure this thing out as we go. You know, one of the things we also got a chance to hear from Carmelo Anthony um, earlier uh, today as well, earlier this afternoon, he said that he's not sure if he will start or he'll come off the bench on opening night. I, I thought we'd have more answers on this. I thought it would be a little bit clearer of a picture. Okay, we know which player by the fifth preseason game and certainly by the sixth preseason game tomorrow we would have some of those answers we don't. We, we don't have those answers uh, to this point, and we may very well not have those answers, at least in the near future. One of the things that we do know about, um, about tomorrow is that the Lakers' big three will play significant minutes in the preseason finale. Uh, that's one of the things that Vogel said earlier today as well. So even though, even though we have no idea who will be in the starting lineup, what the shooting guard position is going to look like, what guys will be available and healthy to go on opening night, the big three will play significant minutes tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings. Um, for those who have watched some of these preseason games, wondering and questioning, eh, what are we really kind of watching here? What are we looking at? Are the Lakers, when are they going to start clicking? When are they going to start playing good basketball? A, a lot of this would help if... I think there would be a little bit more consistency with the roster. But it is clear. Let's let's not sugarcoat this by any stretch of the imagination. Lakers have not cared about the preseason, period. There's no other way to put it. If some teams, the priority is certainly not winning, which is fine. It's a preseason game, even though I, I, I have said this before, I'll say it again. Be nice you got a couple wins under your belt. You know, It'd be nice to have a couple exhibition games where you felt like, you watch the Lakers play really good basketball, really good defense. Wow, that's beautiful ball movement. Wow, there's a game where they didn't have that many turnovers. I think those are the things I've paid most attention to. And maybe in this final one, we'll get a little bit of that. And I don't think it's uncommon. Let me give you a good example. Yesterday, Steph Curry and Draymond Green did not play in their second-to-last preseason game. But Steve Kerr said they're going to play in their final one. I think you're going to get... A lot of the main players from a lot of these teams who will play significant minutes in the final preseason game, this is going to be the last one. And maybe that will tell a story if whatever starting lineup we get tomorrow, whatever shooting guard we get tomorrow, maybe that's who you're going to get in game one of the regular season, which sounds like that would make a lot of sense, right? Okay, hey, this is what we're going to roll with. That doesn't mean that it can't change. That doesn't mean that we can't have some changes here and there. 
But that sounds like it would make a whole ton of sense that if the Lakers, the big three, play significant minutes tomorrow, again, winning and losing, not important. Are you playing good basketball? Are you boxing out? Are you limiting your turnovers? Are you running some good plays? Are you moving the ball up and down? Are you getting wide open shots, wide open looks? Um, those are the things I think that are going to be most important in that final preseason game. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook will get significant minutes, so we'll take it from there. All right, one of my favorite guests to uh, join the show is coming up next, senior writer for uh, Lakers Nation, Trevor Lane. Uh, does a fantastic job covering the Lakers uh, for Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. Got a lot of questions I want to ask him. I I'm, I'm curious because... You know, he is always in front of Laker fans, and a lot of this just specifically has to do with the mere fact that a lot of the platforms that he does is a post-game show on, on Lakers Nation. So he's heavily, heavily involved with the Lakers fan base. How are Laker fans feeling right now? They all good, or they got some concerns, they got some issues? Does it matter at all that the Lakers have not looked good in preseason, that they're not winning games? Um, all that coming up next. We'll get a chance to get Trevor Lane's opinion. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Always uh, excited to get a chance to connect with senior writer of Lakers Nation, host of the Lakers Nation and front office show on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, he does a fantastic job on YouTube. Uh, Trevor Lane. Trevor, what is going on? Thank you for uh, taking the time, bud. Hey, Alan. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. I'm, I'm looking forward to regular season basketball. We've had some fun with preseason, but let's, let's get to regular season basketball already. Yeah, I, I think uh, you and I are on the same page in that one. By the way, I, you know, I mentioned this. I was teasing it. I'm like, all right, if there's anybody else, I don't know if I know anybody else that's as involved as you with, yeah, just having – conversations with Laker fans or on social or whatever the case is YouTube obviously a big part of it how how are Laker fans looking at the current preseason are they saying to themselves ah, it's preseason what do we what is anybody complaining about or are there fans saying man we're 0 5 we haven't looked at well just give me a gauge of what you're getting because I, I could tell you definitely tell you some of the um, temperature that I'm getting from Laker fans what's it look like from you yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of the extremes. I'm seeing either fans are saying it's preseason, it means nothing, it counts for nothing, we are taking zero away from it, everything will be fine when the regular season starts, to, oh my goodness, this looks terrible, Russell Westbrook was a bad move, the Lakers are bad, the Lakers aren't making the playoffs, right? And that, that's what, I, what I'm seeing mostly, is one of the two extremes of this is really, really bad, or preseason does not matter 
at all. I'm not getting a ton of in between, but then again, that's just kind of the nature of, of fandom. Uh, Trev, I don't believe you. What you're trying to tell me is that there are fans uh, that get very emotional and others that are very casual. I, I don't believe you, Trev. I don't believe you at all. Uh, by the way, I'm getting the exact Crazy, same right? thing. I, I'm getting the exact same thing. So let, let me ask you this. Um, what are some of the things in five preseason games that are exhibition games that don't mean anything, that were in the middle of training camp? What are some of the things that you've liked that you've seen so far that you're saying, oh, man, I could see how that will really work well down the road? I think some of the things that we've that we've liked so far have to be some of the bargains. I mean, Malik Monk looked tremendous for the Lakers in the few games that he played before he got, got hurt and have him on a veteran minimum contract. I think he's going to be a really solid piece. And then you've got, of course, Austin Reeves, Hillbilly Kobe, HBK. Uh, he looked really good uh, against the Golden State Warriors. That's a guy who now went from being a major question mark, and Monk too, both of these guys, question marks, and now we're looking at them saying, okay, there's something really here that they can lean on during the regular season. And so that, I think, has been a, a solid thing for the Lakers to find, just find out some of the guys near the end of the bench that they think can, can come in and, tr- and contribute. Uh, aside from that, Anthony Davis, the shape that he's been in, his form early on, even when you can tell he's kind of in preseason mode where he's not given 100%. He's still making a difference. I think he looks a lot better than he did last season. And so I think those are the, the big positives coming out. AD and then those those guards off the bench that we weren't sure if we could count on. Preseason has kind of shown that, yeah, there's probably something there that the Lakers are going to be able to use throughout the season. Trevor Lane uh, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Trevor, uh, we got a chance to hear Carmelo a little bit earlier today and basically saying that he has not been told. He's not sure if he's going to start or come off the bench. Do you think we have, uh, just kind of based on what you've seen, and I know we still have this final preseason game left that could also tell a little bit more of a story. Byron Scott was talking about this uh, earlier in the show. He basically mentioned that back in the Pat Riley days, they would use these final two preseason games or so to really kind of know, okay, this is a lineup that we're going to go with. So maybe tomorrow against the Kings, Lakers will offer a little bit more insight on this. Do you have any idea what the Lakers are going to do? I mean, just your opinion on this. I I can genuinely tell you, I don't know who the shooting guard's going to be. Um, I don't know if AD's going to play the five or the four. I don't know if they're going to go big at the center. I think they're, I don't know if Carmelo will be using the starting lineup. How do you think things shake out? And and do you feel like anything that we've seen in preseason will give any indication? You know, before the injuries, I would have said yes. Before the injuries, I would have said these last two games, we're definitely going to know who's going where and kind of what, the, what everything's going to look like. And we're going to have some indication. But now, because they've been hit by so many injuries, they've had to adjust on the fly. I mean, what was it? Of a 14-man roster, what, six players were out against the, the Warriors last night? Right. So I think that's created more, more rotations out of necessity rather than, okay, this is a grouping we're going to put out there on the floor. Uh, so we still have those questions. Is Anthony Davis going to be the center? Frank Vogel has made some comments that makes it sound like, yeah, he might. But then when we look at all the injuries that have hit this roster, might it make more sense to start a traditional center in Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan just to have another body to put in there? Because if you don't start one of them, chances are one of them is probably not getting into the game if you look at the Lakers rotation. And do you have enough depth on the team to have an, a healthy, active player simply not play right now? Um so that's going to be a question mark. The starting shooting guard, I feel like we've got a pretty decent indication that it'll be Kent Bazemore. But again, if we see AD at the five, maybe that opens up another wing position and then that, that can change things. So 
I wish I had an exact answer for you, Alan, but, but unfortunately it's everything is up in the air. We can make a case for just about anybody at this point, but uh, we really don't know. And that's a surprise, but I think it's due to injury. By the way, uh, important at this stage to kind of have all these, I, I, I kind of try to think your big picture and I know we want to have, Hey, you know what? We got Westbrook and look at all these vets that they got. They're going to figure this thing out right away. I think it's becoming more and more apparent that this is going to, number one, take time. Number two, you know, you and I just talked about how we can go with probably five different rotations of a starting lineup. It is Are the first couple of months of the season going to be a lot of figuring out for the Lakers? Because it, it seems like that if we're trying to get answers right now on what things are going to look like at the turn of the year, you know, you get to January 1st, something like that, I think we'd just be guessing at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got guys that are projected to be coming back from injury around that time when we're looking at, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker and Trevor Ariza. They'll be out for a couple of months, uh, maybe six weeks or so, whatever that winds up being. So it's hard to really project exactly what things are going to look like because, number one, you've got injuries. And then, number two, this is a brand-new team. There's three players returning from last season. And so the coaching staff is going to need more than this tiny sample size of preseason that has been disrupted by players coming in and out of the lineup uh, to really figure out exactly who they need to play in order to win games, what the rotation is going to look like, who's going to play where, is Anthony Davis a five, is he a four, what's the split look like there, is Carmelo Anthony capable of playing the three, is he only a four at this point, what can Ken Bazemore do, what can some of the other wings do, right? There's so many questions still hanging over this team that I think there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty, at least through the first few months of the season, as they get everything sorted out and as health requires them to kind of adjust on the fly. Senior writer of Lakers Nation, uh, Trevor Lane, does a fantastic job on really all, all social platforms, but specifically all the shows that he th- throws up on uh, YouTube. So make sure to uh, follow Trevor Lane at Trevor underscore Lane and all his work that he does on Lakers Nation. Uh, we got a chance to see the big three yesterday. That was the first time. I, I mentioned we're going to see, uh, coming from a quote from Frank Vogel from earlier today, significant minutes tomorrow, Lakers and the Kings. What what are you hoping to see in this final preseason game from those three, from just the Lakers in general? What what do you uh, what, what's the hope in that last game? Less turnovers, right? I mean that that would certainly be ideal. That's been a, a problem for them, um, and we saw that again with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James both having turnover issues. Uh, but I mean, big picture, if we pan back, I, I think we just want to see a little bit more chemistry. We want to see a little bit more cohesiveness, and that's going to take time. That'll take time to develop. But we just want to see these guys on the same page and recognizing, you know, against the Warriors, there were a few plays where we saw LeBron and Anthony Davis run their bread and butter, that pick and roll, and the player on the Warriors defending Russ dropped down into the paint to cut off the entry pass to AD and blow that up. Uh, it's little things like that that I want to see get fixed, where the Lakers can, uh, can then kick the ball to Russ and have him do something off of that kind of action. And they didn't do that against the Warriors. Will we see those kind of adjustments made against the Kings? It's baby steps. That w- that's what we're looking for right now. Uh, Trev, in less than a week, Lakers will start the regular season against the Golden State Warriors. they got a game right after that. A couple days later, I want to say against Phoenix, and they got Memphis. But they have a lot of advantageous games over the first 15 games, specifically because 12 of them are going to be at Staples Center. Do you expect the Lakers to get off to a good start? Do you expect them to... You know, is the fact that they have so many games at Staples Center, the fact that they're going to be playing teams that are expected to be lottery teams or not really in contention, 
take that portion and then take this, well, we just put together this team together. Is it is it critical? Is it important because of what they have in front of them um, as far as that schedule looks that they get off to a good start? Yeah, I, I think they will get off to a good start. Like you mentioned, you're playing some of the, the lower-level teams in the NBA early on. Now, I mean, they get off to you know Golden State and Phoenix, so those are going to be tough. But then you're going to get an easier portion of your schedule. So I think they will pick up some wins there. Uh, there'll probably be a few bumps in the road. Maybe they'll lose a game or two here or there that they're not. you would expect them to lose. But one of the nice things about having this schedule this early and having a, an, an easy stretch is that there's times where – Chemistry matters, but talent just matters more, and the Lakers are just going to have more talent than some of the teams that, are, that they're playing. And so that's going to give them time to kind of build up the chemistry before they're going to go play against the teams that will really punish you for not being completely in sync. The lower-level teams will let you get away with stuff as you're kind of figuring things out. The top-tier teams in the NBA will recognize every mistake that you make, and they will punish you for them. So I think it's fortunate the way the Lakers' uh, schedule is set up, and I do expect them to win games early on just based on talent as they get their legs under them. And then we're going to see more and more cohesiveness as the season goes on. Trev, how, how much do you think this THT, Trevor Ariza, those two specific pieces, how much do you think um, we know THT is going to be reevaluated in four weeks, Trevor Ariza eight weeks. Granted, it's been a few days since that came out. So um, how much do those two players not being a part of the mix in the beginning how much does that hurt the Lakers? Were their roles, do you think they're going to have significant roles this year? Is that something that by the time we get to December 1st, January 1st, these guys will be a big part of what the Lakers are trying to do? Yeah, I mean, I think Taylor Horton Tucker, at the very least, was going to have a big role. I mean, the Lakers paid him to have a big role. He's the fourth highest paid player on the team. Uh, Frank Vogel and Rob Palenka both said that they were challenging him to defend the other team's best player on a nightly basis. And so for him to go out, yeah, there's going to be a ripple effect across the roster there um, in terms of players are going to be asked to do things that maybe wasn't an ideal thing for them in terms of playing positions on the wing. Uh, I think that's part of it too, losing Ariza and THT is that both were wing players and both were playing a, a role that was already sort of thin on this roster. So as a result, like guys like Ken Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, they're going to be asked to do, a little bit more than I think the Lakers were ideally looking at heading into the season. So I think it matters, but again, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the chemistry of the big three, of, of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or I guess the big 360 we're calling them. Um, those guys, that's going to be the most important thing. So losing a reason in THT, you can overcome that. It's not easy, but you can overcome that if the other guys are able to get on the same page, and in particular the Stars. All right, Trev, final one. Uh, we, we walked away with the preseason game win tomorrow. Can, can we go 1-5? and five? Am I asking for too much here to just get one W? No, let's, let's hope. It would be so nice to at least finish, finish with a win. Pre, look, preseason games don't matter, right? It's not going to count on the schedule or anything like that. But if you think back, like the Lakers, they lost three in a row to end last season. So it's now been eight games since we've seen a Lakers win. It would just feel nice, I think, to win one, even if it doesn't count for anything. I don't think we're asking for much, Trev. Uh, listen, man, I, I always appreciate you taking some time and coming on the show. If you don't mind, um, if they want to find you on YouTube, how are they finding you on YouTube? Uh, find the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, and that's where we're posting new Lakers videos uh, every single day and, uh, and also doing our, our live streams there as well after each game. You're the best, buddy. Thank you for coming on, Trev. Uh, greatly appreciate the time. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Alan. Appreciate it. 
All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane right there of Lakers Nation. Um, okay, let, let's do a couple things when we come back. Let's give our final thoughts on uh, what to expect in the final preseason game coming up tomorrow. Lakers taking on the Sacramento Kings. And uh, also, if you want to hit me on Twitter, you could hit me on Twitter at any time, at Alan Sleewell. Read some of these tweets in this next segment. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, final preseason game for the Lakers coming up tomorrow. Uh, by the way, pregame show with myself and Michael Thompson will start at 6 o'clock. Actually, I'm sorry, 5.30 tip-off will be at 7 o'clock, so a little bit earlier of a start than we've had uh, in uh, the game against the Golden State Warriors, so make sure you tune in for that. I'll be back in the morning as well, Travis and uh, Sleba show, so we'll start at 10 a.m. and we'll talk uh, some Lakers, also talk some Dodgers and everything else. Okay. So uh, let me just kind of put the a quick little button on the preseason. Um, it has been ugly. Uh, th- that would be my takeaway from preseason. And, and Trevor Lane, who was nice enough to join the show, I think it's you know safe to say anytime you talk, you start talking Lakers basketball, you got this expectation that you want to you want to put on your team, but especially this team. The team is stacked, and you just want them to come right out the gate and just everything click and and work out perfect. Okay, that's not always going to be the case. It's not always going to happen like that. Um, you know, I joked around with Trevor about can we get a W in that final preseason game? My my asking for too much here. The W, not as important, even though it would be nice to not go 0-6. How's everybody looking? How's everybody playing? Um, I mentioned that Coach Vogel earlier today talked about how the big three will get significant minutes. Okay, well, if that's the case, if the big three is going to get significant minutes, then um, hopefully the Lakers can play some good basketball. I mean, my observation so far is this has obviously not been a priority or important to the Lakers. So, you know, obviously I know that part, and I don't think that's going to all all so much change tomorrow, but it would be nice for the Lakers to obviously put themselves in a position where the big three look good, the big three are playing together, kind of limit some of those turnovers. Let me, give, let me use as an example. I think Russ so far has been very passive, kind of overpassing. The turnovers, you know, we don't have to talk to. I think he had five yesterday. Uh, what do you have the day? I think he had 15 in the first two games, add another five. So he's had 20 turnovers so far in three games for the Lakers. That's obviously not going to get it done. Just those little things. Those little things that you expect the Lakers to do a much better job at and to pay a little bit more attention to as you approach the final preseason game um, of the year. So, if it's preseason game number one, it's different, but it's the last preseason game. I think you're going to start kind of getting uh, – most teams are looking at the sixth preseason game a lot different than they were looking at the first and the second. My hope is the Lakers obviously do that. Um, I think Carmelo Anthony has looked good so far. Um, I think he's certainly been you know, that addition for the Lakers that you were hoping for. I think Carmelo Anthony – um, you know, once we get into the regular season, we'll have a specific role. He'll have a specific need that the Lakers will need from him, and uh, that's going to, you know, hopefully just kind of continue into the regular season. Okay, so um, Trevor Lane and I were talking about the upcoming schedule, what these first few games look like. This is the first time I actually started doing this. So you start the season off against Golden State. Then you have the Phoenix Suns. The Memphis Grizzlies after that. So your first three games will be at Staples Center. That's actually a tough little way to start. I know it's not Brooklyn and Milwaukee and um, the Phoenix or the uh, whatever other team you want to put in there that are upper echelon. But Golden State, 
that's always going to be kind of a tough match, even though you're supposed to beat them. Phoenix is going to be a tough game. I'll tell you that right now. And I actually am starting to churn on the Phoenix Suns, and maybe because I saw them in a couple of those preseason games, and it wasn't the fact that, oh, hey, look, Phoenix is playing well. It's like, damn, these are all the exact same guys that just went to the NBA Finals. So they're bringing back the exact same squad. Each one of these guys, you know, understand um, how to play together. It's not like they have to start preseason or start the season trying to figure things out, and that's what the Lakers are obviously going to be doing. So that game against Phoenix will be tough. Memphis, better team. They'll be a better squad, but, you know, they're still obviously incredibly young. Then you go on the road to San Antonio, Oklahoma City. Then you go through this stretch. You got Cleveland, Houston, Houston, Oklahoma City, Thunder all at home. That's four games against really bad teams. The Thunder will be bad. That's the the game prior to that on the road. Spurs aren't expected to make any noise. They got a really, really favorable schedule to start off the year. So I actually kind of think this, you know, I, I, when I mentioned this to Trevor, how important is it to to start off the season well? It has less to do with anything other than look at your schedule. Um, the Lakers should 100% do some damage to start off this season. Anytime you start talking about teams that include Cleveland, Houston, Oklahoma City, um, Minnesota, there's there's a lot of fable games. And then I think some exciting games, too, to start off the season where you're only going to get to see these teams once at Staples Center. Charlotte with LaMelo Ball, fantastic. I know that's going to be exciting to watch. Michael always talks about how great LaMelo is. Did you see LaMelo Ball do this? Did you see LaMelo Ball do that? I remember him doing that a lot of the time last season. He actually did it yesterday, too. I still haven't seen the highlight that he was talking about. Miami they'll get. That will be the only home game at Staples Center. This is within the first couple of weeks of the season. And then November 15th, the Chicago Bulls. So the Lakers will also get Alex Caruso and that young team coming back, plus Lonzo Ball. Um, uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, as much as the Lakers have, are going to need time to start gelling, are going to need time to kind of figure things out. The biggest advantage that they have is that schedule is incredibly, incredibly uh, advantageous for them for, you know, obviously um, uh, a big part of the first three weeks or so, at least in those first 15 games. A um, couple other things to note out here. It's funny when you kind of look around the rest of the NBA and you start seeing some of these other teams and what their expectations are and, and the teams that you think will be a big you know, threat to the Lakers or try to catch the Lakers off guard. If the Lakers aren't 100% healthy, they're going to come into play. NBA's kind of all out of whack right now. I, I, I don't really know who to look at and say, okay, well, that team is really, really a threat. I, I know I mentioned for a quick second I talked about the Phoenix Suns simply because they're bringing back the exact same squad. Um, until the Clays come back and the Kawhi Leonard's come back and the Jamal Murray's come back, the Western Conference just seems a little all over the place. And, oh, by the way, the Kyrie Irving piece in all this – you know my top NBA stories. I was talking about Kyrie Irving, and you know part of the uh, part of the story was okay. Well, um, how is Kyrie if he does not come back? How is that going to potentially affect the? Uh, how is that potentially going to affect the Vegas odds? And now all of a sudden, do the Lakers become a favorite? The NBA is just kind of all over the place. Um, it, it really kind of feel like they're all over the place. By the way, we were seeing this earlier. This was coming from Sham Sharania. Um, that potentially an extension for Kyrie Irving probably won't happen now. So 
the 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 Kyrie Irving piece of all this has become and continues to become kind of a you know what kind of a um, I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I genuinely don't know how this one is going to end on the Kyrie Irving front. So all together for the NBA right now, uh, you got a couple teams, a brand new team with the Los Angeles Lakers are going to try to figure things out. Other teams that are bringing, you know, a lot of the same guys back, but do they have enough talent? And then you got the Brooklyn Nets and teams like the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like the NBA is absolutely 100% kind of all over the place right now. And Maybe that plays to the advantage of the Lakers. We'll, you know, obviously have to uh, have to wait and see. Um, the Anthony Davis portion of all this, LeBron James portion, and Russell Westbrook. If uh, if in tomorrow's game we could see a little bit more from those guys and get a, get those significant mission, minutes that Coach Vogel was talking about, um, I'd love to see it. And I and I I know that. We kind of sit here and we look at these games. Their exhibition games don't pay too much attention to it. I do think you could kind of create your own habits there. I do think it's not out of the ordinary for the Lakers um, to use some of what they use tomorrow and you kind of see that, okay, this is going to be the starting lineup that the Lakers end up coming with on Tuesday. I, I updated a little bit earlier in the show and I want to do it one more time. I want to find the exact tweet here. Um, earlier today, this was the news on... Um, uh, from the Lakers, they had their injury report that they always put out. Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Talonhorn Tucker, Malik Monk, and Kendrick Nunn are all out for tomorrow's game. And then one other piece here that uh, Coach mentioned is that Lakers are hopeful that Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn will be available for opening night. Wayne Ellington had an MRI that revealed a grade one groin strain that has him more in doubt for the start of the season. So, that should give you a little bit of a picture. Lakers are going to have some injuries that they're going to have to uh, work off of at least to start the season, and then uh, you know obviously they could take it from there. Okay, as we come to the uh, close of the show here, uh, if you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sleeva. I'm also doing uh, just a heads up on this. I'll continue doing. You know, I do some of uh, after each one of my post game shows. I'm also doing kind of a condensed version on YouTube. So if you never caught that, you could always go on YouTube and search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Um, to Steve Paulette, everybody else, I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, you know obviously be a part of the show. I'm back tomorrow uh, morning, starting at uh, 10 a.m. with Travis Rogers. So Travis and I will go from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then we're right back at it for the Thursday night game against the Sacramento Kings. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. On behalf of 710 ESPN, as always, LA, have a great rest of your night.